We are brought to you by Hidden Gem Design Company. Uh, they're a local startup here in Salt Lake. Uh, they make custom hand stamp necklaces from high quality sterling and gold filled materials. Um, they have something for everybody. In fact, I just got my wife one the other day with the initials of our two children on it and it looked amazing. They're a minimalist necklace. They've got a lot of things to offer. So go check them out. Uh, their Etsy shop, um, etsy.com uh, forward slash hidden gem design co and make sure that you grab something and tell them that the thinking project sent you because these necklaces are absolutely fantastic uh, like i said high quality uh, they can do custom orders um, and the best of all you're supporting locals so go check them out hidden gem design co Okay, guys, we're also brought to you by Happiest. Happiest is your number one place to go for premium CBD products that won't break the bank. And I promise you guys that if you check these out, you won't be disappointed. They've got something for everybody. It's THC-free, which means it comes with a work-safe guarantee. Whether you need a roll-on for your muscles and your joints, you need a sleep aid to get your day ending right, or you need uh, their number two that get your day started right. Uh, they got something for everybody. They're quality, uh, lab tested, third party tested. It's all good. Go check them out. Happiestmed.com, H-E-P-I-U-S-M-E-D.com and tell them that the Thinking Project sent you. What's up, everybody? I'm excited to introduce my next guest. But before I do, don't forget that there's a website coming soon, DaltonKJensen.com. The Thinking Project was already taken. <laughs> that website uh, is coming soon and it's going to be a lot of fun. We've put a lot of good work into that. That. And also shout out to everybody who's followed me on Instagram, joined the Facebook group, all that good stuff, interacted with the podcast, because it means a lot to me. You guys uh, uh, make the whole community. So it's great. And if you haven't, if you're listening to this on iTunes and you haven't left a rate and review, please do. If you're new here uh, and I brought you any kind of value, uh, please subscribe and leave a rate and review. Those help me out a ton, especially since my podcast is still pretty new. Um, we're about to hit our year mark actually. So, uh, but without further ado, let me introduce our guests, Candace and Matt. Candace and Matt are with uh, Exodus. Uh, I've been uh, involved with that organization for a little bit now. I went to their 2020 gala. That was amazing. Um, and their message, uh, I've had both of these fine people on separately. We talked about Matt's coaching and actually I've had Candace on before to talk about Exodus. Uh, and I wanted to have them both on to bring a new perspective, to bring it back to the front of people's mind about human trafficking and what this group does to help individuals, um, you know, after they're uh, rescued, you know, and that's why the, the, um, name of the company is called Exodus to help them have a successful exit, help them to, you know, gain the skills and, and everything to just kind of just try to have a normal life once this is all over. So it was a fantastic conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it and please, uh, please learn something, please get involved and thank you so much. And without further ado, Candace and Matt. Welcome everybody. This is Don Jensen, and you're tuning into The Thinking Project. Right on. Hopefully nothing pops up while we're on here if I miss a notification. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all good. I uh, I like that background. That background works. Oh, it's good, huh? Do you mean just slide? Really <laughs> <laughs> okay, Hello. cool. Well... <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and throw this up. Hold on. We're going live. Uh, 
four, three, two, one. <laughs> Those are cute. I don't have a tan yet. <laughs> All right. What are you doing? What are you doing? Doing a podcast today. Podcast. Podcast Woo-hoo. for Exodus. <laughs> well, I can't. Heck yeah. There he is. Podcast. <laughs> Dude, February flew by, by the way. Uh, yeah, it does. That went way too fast for me. Super fast for us, for sure. I was like, holy cow. I always hate that the camera flips it. Of all the podcasts I've ever done, BYU is the only one that the camera stayed. What flipped? It like... Oh, the wording? You can switch that in your settings. Oh, we switch it. Where is your settings? It's like how it's the other way. Yeah, there's a way to switch it within those settings. It's on view. Why do why, why I need to convert you to a Mac? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dalton is muted, but you're probably trying to jump on the Mac bandwagon. I am on the Mac bandwagon. That's what I got. <laughs> can you hear me okay now? We can. We can. All right. Hang on. We're just going to fix okay. ours. And... All right. You just tell me when, and I'll hit the button, and then we'll roll. Oh, yes. See, now if we don't flip it, now we just look like we're on opposite sides. We do look like we're on opposite sides. Oh, and I don't like this side. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what about that? Hey, would it be okay if we did like this? Say do whatever you want. <laughs> I'm not going to look at the camera. We do that. Oh, oh my goodness. It's literally the same. Okay. If I flip it like this, it's the same. You know that, right? Okay. <laughs> it doesn't change anything. Dalton, I'm having issues. <laughs> look at if I flip it, watch watch your face. Just watch your face. I have to like talk. Look, no. I don't I don't like it. Okay, it's just leave it. It's good because we need the words to be read that way. <laughs> I'm gonna punch him in the face. <laughs> Do it. Wait till we go live. Okay. He's the wonderful manager. I'm gonna punch him in the face. Oh <laughs> All right, cool. Let's go. But uh we're podcasting with Dolan today. Podcasting. Podcasting. Look at There we go. There we go. There's a man. There's a man. Thank you, Project. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. That's what's up. <laughs> Let's roll. Well, thanks for being here, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us. We're super excited. Yeah. I've had both of you on the podcast before separately. Matt, we talked about his personal coaching. And then Candace, we actually talked about Exodus. We did. Yeah. Um, but now, now, but at the time I interviewed you, Candace, I did not know that Matt was your like liaison, your public relations manager. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't know. I work in the, in the dark. In the shadows. How is Matt involved everywhere? That's exactly what I was going to ask. I was going to say, how did you get involved? I'll, I'll answer that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Deal. All right. Go <laughs> so ahead. So Matt was a good friend of mine. 
Um, and I know that he is smart when it comes to business. And I think when you're friends, you support each other's causes. And he knew this was a big piece of my heart. And one night I come back from an international operation and I shared with him some things that happened in confidence, kind of, you know, just some, yeah. just breaking it down friend to friend. And, and, uh, he came back to me to the next day and said, I can never not know what you just told me. And I need to be a part of this. And he's been on this ride with us for a year and a half. Yeah. Little did I know that that's how she baits and hooks everyone. <laughs> but, well, I, I went to the 2020 gala and you can't unhear that stuff. Yep. Yeah. And you then you're like, just intensify that like by 10 more notches. Oh, geez. And well, then my heart couldn't handle that, man. I'm a, I'm, I'm a big, huge softy. Yeah. Well, she, she just said that like very subtly, like how she just said that because it was more like, so now that, you know, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> As I'm like getting like a buffalo wing in my mouth. I don't know. Let me finish this bite first. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, for sure. Uh, for sure. Well, Candice, I've had you on and we've talked about Exodus before, but why don't you just um, reintroduce yourself? Because there's going to be a lot of listeners who are uh, tuning in um, because last time I was, we had the podcast. I didn't do it live. Uh, you know, it, it was batch recorded, so it came out. So this is a unique opportunity um, to just tell everybody uh, what's going on. Yeah. Um, so Exodus um, is an anti-trafficking organization and is a nonprofit. Um, I founded Exodus along with a co-founder. We were operators operating in the anti-trafficking space for a decade. Um, several of us who founded Exodus in different departments, whether that's security ops or project management or the actual um, organi- organization itself. Um, and we had worked for many, many years on many different projects around the world, whether they were domestic in the U.S., um, South America, Eastern Europe, Western Europe, Africa, and there was lots of different gaps that we were seeing, one of those being long-term care of individuals. So the raid and rescue model was used heavily with some of the organizations we were working with. Um, and and, and the trafficking space is young. We're talking 30 years or younger. And so we're still researching, collecting data at this time. What's the best way to serve these people? And so a couple of years ago, we said, hey, we're missing some things. Let's see if we can fill those gaps. So um, we came up with a wonderful model and um, wonderful um, design of how Exodus works. And it not only does the rescue or what we like to call the exit of the trafficked individual, but we go into identification of that individual, um, integrate into the communities there and spend long-term operations on the ground, uh, bring out those individuals and place them into long-term aftercare and restoration. And beyond that, helping them with job skills, um, a majority of our donors also provide jobs. So our large corporate donors provide jobs, um, low-level skill, low-level education for individuals that may not have a lot of education or a lot of skills because they're young individuals. Um, and something like a call center or a, a factory where they're placing orders and doing shipments, things like that, um, and help them go on with life after the tra- traffic circumstance. And so that's really how Exodus was founded. And that's what we do is we fill those gaps in the anti-trafficking workspace. And uh, we love to exit people from trafficking situations. Yeah. I Since the first time we talked, that's been a huge deal for me because when we talked the first time, I didn't realize how big of a deal it is. When you see like on the news, like, or you read in these articles that are like, you know, uh, this many people were um, 
for you know rescued right um but you never hear what happens after that so i'm curious to hear like your experience with when you first um realized that there was an issue with like long-term care and like one of the big things that i love that you said is like integrating them back into society and like job skills because a lot of these people you know they it can be a long time before an organization like yours comes in and that can be kind of intimidating. Right. So I'm curious, like, when did you realize working in this industry that that was an issue? Well, one of the biggest things was that we were seeing the attrition rates. So the rates of individuals going back into trafficking. That's crazy. High. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And so one of three things was happening. They were either either overdosing, uh, committing suicide or going back into trafficking neither one of those options is a really great option for quality of life. And so we've done all this work to bring them out, but what have we done for them? What, what is the service we've done? We've now set them up for the possibility of one of three awful situations. And so really early on in my experiences, um, it was, okay, we've got to change that. And so, um, it was now if we were, I was working heavily in orphan crisis care in, in Eastern Europe and, and bringing orphans to the United States and other places around Western Europe, and they needed to be placed in a foster care home or they needed medical care. They needed long-term things. There is not a system that supports that currently right now in the U S there's not very good resourcing and platform systems, which propelled us to now create something that could fill that space. And so really early on years ago, I was seeing that because we were seeing attrition rates so high. Yeah, which blows my mind. So how does somebody, um, in your experience, you know, you got those three options and, and how does somebody end up back in human trafficking? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, I'm not saying like to any fault of their own, that's just crazy to me. And I think, you know, we were talking about this earlier, like knowledge and knowing these things can really benefit people. So I'm just curious. Yeah, I think this is something that Matt and I talked about, about this myth of trafficking. Mm-hmm. And I mean, one of the yeah, things you thought, yeah. yeah, I'll let Matt, Matt say one of the myths yeah, we ahead. thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, for the most part, the only thing we ever hear in the public right now about trafficking is all related to child sex trafficking. Sure. And what we forget is that there's many forms of trafficking and that really starts opening your eyes to see like, Oh, in my mind, when I think of like someone going back into trafficking, I'm thinking, Oh, like, why would you go to such an awful life? Not saying that they're not all awful, but I'm saying like, it it could be someone working at at a, a diner serving you food because now they're a worker slave or they're just working as a trafficker, you know, um, and so like those kind of things become very eye-opening they could be in plain sight and you would never know, you know, and when that becomes like your way of life and that's all, you know, and they, because like, if you left that, like, what, what would you, what else would you know? Like, how would you function? Those kind of things become very eye-opening to being, Oh, if we're going to help exit people out of trafficking, you know, how are we contributing to their success in life and quality of life after that life? And that's where, you know, it becomes a very eye-opening conversation because we always go back to comfort as humans. We always find where we're most comfortable. And if that's all you knew, if that's the kind of lifestyle you grew up in, you'll go back to it just because that's all you know. Yeah. And I think he hit on something really important too is, um, 
what trafficking is in all of its forms and really understanding trafficking at its core. Um, the word trafficking is a very legalistic term. We, we use that in our policing society um, to prosecute traffickers. Um, yeah. But really what trafficking is, is exploitation of a vulnerable population. So when you really understand that trafficking is exploitation of vulnerable people, you can start to understand how they might go back to a trafficking situation because then you see the 17-year-old foster girl who left her foster care home. And we see this story continuously throughout the United States, leaves foster care home, gets picked up by a boyfriend who then has her do favor after favor after favor for friends, for money, for him. Maybe she gets pregnant. Now she finds herself 19 pregnant. She doesn't know what to do. And so being exploited by the boyfriend who is the trafficker, and he may have multiple girls that he's exploiting, she's stuck in that situation. And so when we take them out of those situations, they're not ready to leave. Um, If they're not, um, they don't know how to support themselves. So we have to give them a support system. We need to give them an alternative. Um, to what that trafficking lifestyle is that they've been exploited. And and exploitation creates mass amounts of trauma for individuals. And so in order to even see something different, we really have to address their trauma. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And, And one of those myths, right, that a lot of people don't realize you're like, oh, well, they're safe. And now, or like we've, they've been rescued, right? They've been taken out of this horrible situation. Uh, and then we kind of forget about it. So that's one of the things that originally drew me to Exodus in the first place was because, uh, you know, I'm glad that we met, but also it's like, yeah, the re, you know, kind of like the rehabilitation for lack of a better word on my part of, you know, getting them back and showing them that there's more, right. And because you need an opportunity to do that. And that's what your organization mainly focuses on. Although I, although you do have play parts in like rescuing, right. We do. Yeah. We have some stuff coming up this year. We're excited. Um, Once we get through all of the projects we have to share them with the public, we're excited about those. But that's one of the things is, is how, how to identify trafficked individuals. And that's something we want to bring to the public. We want that awareness to show you what it looks like. And so that's one of the projects we're doing this year. And and what we've done in our marketing this last year is to really show people what that looks like in your own backyard. Like that's huge. Um, yeah, I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No. And, and then also, as you brought up the aftercare, how important that is, it's something as simple as dental visits. We just recently reported on three wow. individuals that came through and they work with our dentists that we partner with. Um, and they did, they did everything from extractions and cavity cleanings and, and cleanings in general, but also beyond that to the teeth whitening. And so giving mm-hmm. them confidence. I mean, these are things that these individuals need. They're They've, their bodies have been broken, their mental status, emotional status, it's been beaten down for a lack of better words. And yeah. something as simple as teeth whitening can help build that confidence for, you know, this next stage of life. Kind of yeah. like helping them become a new person. Yeah. 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 You have to remember that anyone that comes out of trafficking holds on to that identity because that's what they've told their worth. That that's their new identity. So like part of that is creating this new identity that guess what? You're like, no, you're a valued human life that is seen and like, we see you. And that's like one of our biggest things that we always say um, here is that we see the one and we, and we see every one individual as an individual. And I think that becomes very, very powerful because people don't understand that the, the vulnerable population is what makes them vulnerable to trafficking. 
And so vulnerable populations happen because they're not being seen. And so that becomes very, very powerful as us as a humanity and communities to start seeing and paying attention to the people around us um, to really see the ones and to understand that they, those people are the risks. Um, and that's that's basically like why that becomes such a powerful statement to see like yeah. hey, you can smile, you can you can be seen. Yeah, that that's that does a lot for people though. You know what I mean? When they when they get healthy, when they when they have these things that, you know, because um, when you start to see it, like I believe that, you know, confidence is a lot of like how we carry ourselves, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so that's amazing. Holy cow. So you were mentioning um Candace, some of the, uh, like how, how to like, um, spot, I guess, trafficking. Well, first tell us like, because, you know, Matt, you brought this up, like, like people immediately when they hear trafficking, they think of like sex trafficking and more specifically like child trafficking. That's, that's a, a very, those are buzzwords right in the news. No, those we are the stories. Think of that... the, the movie. We all know what movie, but <laughs> we typically think our minds yes, yes. typically go there, right? Everyone wants to be Liam Neeson. We'll just say it. Everyone <laughs> <does>. <laughs> you say trafficking, they say, Yeah, I want to be Liam Neeson. They yeah, volunteer yeah. and literally in the in the volunteer, you know, note section of them putting their name and I want to be Liam Neeson. I'm like, where's yeah. my cape? Seriously, when I applied right. that, right. I asked I asked for a gun. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> what the heck, man? Doesn't come with a gun. Yeah. <laughs> But, but that's why, I mean, again, I'm just going to say it. I'll probably say it a couple more times. Like that's why Exodus is so important though, because like there's a place for rescuing, but there's also a place for, you know, restoring these individuals to their, to their own identity. You know what I mean? So how, so go through the forms of like trafficking that you've seen that we can like, because, you know, you're like, you know, there's, so many. And when I, when, when we talked about this the first time, I, it blew my mind. I was like, I would have never thought about that. And that would make sense, you know, and that's something that you should look for. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's a couple of main ones. Um, and we can go into the like different categories of what they look like, but you've got obviously the sex trafficking, which people hear most about and yeah. sex trafficking, the sex economies look different around the world. Um, so our sex economy in the United States looks different than it does in, in Eastern and Western Europe than it does in Africa than it does in, in South America and in our Pacific Asian islands. But the economy looks different. Um, cultures are different, um, but sex trafficking is one one piece of trafficking. Uh, the orphan trade is another very large piece of trafficking. Trafficking, again, is exploitation. It's the sale of a human life. So orphans on the black market and orphans sold um, independently. One of our wonderful survivors that you got to hear from at the yeah. gala, at our gala, she was a trafficked orphan in Western Europe and then brought to the United States and then trafficked to the United States um, and wow. sold, sold to Americans. Um, and then we have our labor, domestic labor. Um, people can be brought in under a slave labor without work permits. That comes in the United States. Uh, Matt mentioned some of that. Um, and then just domestic slaves internationally. Um, and then two other ones that are, are big and scary to talk about is our organ harvesting, which happens a lot in South America. Um, and then our mm-hmm. child soldiers. And we have partners in Africa uh, working in a couple of different countries there with our child soldiers. And, and these young boys are taken in the middle of the night and horrific things are done to them and they're sold um, as militia fighters and rebel fighters. So th- wow. there's multiple ways to sell a person. It's not just for a sex trade. Yeah. Yeah. There's man, those are crazy. Yeah. But something that, you know, you wouldn't normally think of because you're, you're, 
you know, the media does such a good job of selling us on one part of it, like a very important part, right? Like that's something that we should be looking at, but there's so many other ways. Um, and do you find that, that there's like, um, you know, somebody can be brought in for one specific thing and then be transitioned into a few other things. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. You can have a a young orphan girl. I mean, take the survivor that you met, um, orphaned overseas. She's sold in the orphan market, um, brought and trafficked to the United States uh, for sexual reasons, and then ended up becoming a labor slave. She's now doing domestic slave work, um, labor work. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and so there's there's three different types that kind of happen there. And, it, and she's exploited from the time that she's an infant until the time that she's, you know, was was executed at 22. So a lifetime of some type of exploitation and use for monetary gain. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so you've got these, you've got this range, right? So how do, um, what are some of the, cause obviously like education on, on what to look for, but like, what do you find are like the most common signs to look for? Like, what do you, like, what do you teach on that? Yeah. One of the biggest things I think that's helpful. And I, I told the story at our gala and I want to tell it here too, is I was working on a project in Africa with our African partners. Um, and there we, one of our partners is a church. And so churches are very helpful, um, in any religion, they're always a safe place for us the majority of the time. And, um, we were sitting and a bunch of a team was there and one of the guys pushes his chair back and hits the wall and knocks off a chunk of paint. That's, you know, pretty wide. You can see there's probably 14 layers of paint. And so I asked the the pastor of the church, I said, Hey, what's going on with all this? And he's like, well, these mission teams come out, these youth ministry teams come out and they come paint the church every year. And I think no, it's okay. important to know. You told me that, that story. Yes. 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 It's important to note that the people in this village and in this church community, they walk uh, five miles, six miles to a well and six miles back. So 12 miles round trip to get water every day. Um, mm. The mass amount of times and, and the church is beautiful. It was a wonderful paint job, but the church didn't need to be painted you know, over the course of two years, 14 times, this community needed a well. And the the time and resources and effort put into painting that church 14 times, they could have had multiple wells. (laughs) You could have put a couple wells in there. Yeah, and that's helpful. And I think it's really important when you talk to people that are in need to find out what they need. And so something that Exodus does is we have an advisory panel of survivors and they have a say in telling us what they need. And I think that's so important that the public needs to understand what this demographic of people needs. And that is everything from from them looking at our marketing and saying, hey, I'm not a 10 year old girl bonded in a basement in Cambodia. I'm a 22 year old girl in downtown Salt Lake. And so it's to say, Hey, this is not, this is, this is misinformation. This is not what it looks like because then that's all that is in your your mind is this myth. Right. Right. And that's all you're looking for. And you walk right past people who need your help. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I think that's one of the biggest things is understanding what their needs are and what they look like. So having that survival panel has helped us, um, helped us understand how to be aware of these individuals. And really that's, as I mentioned before, understanding exploitation, a lot of times they'll have someone, um, for instance, we're actually going to be doing a course with salons um, coming up and nail oh, studios cool. because um, traffickers are often groomers. And we use the term grooming is they make them look a certain way, um, oh, yeah. whether it's 
your hair, your nails or whatever it may be. And so uh, a good way to spot in the salons, and this is something we're starting to teach and educate salons is, is oftentimes you'll have someone stand behind the trafficked individual. They're controlling, they're telling them exactly how they want them to look um, because yeah. they're grooming them for a specific look. And you'll see groomers and traffickers usually lurking around their um, trafficked individuals quite frequently. And that's a, a yeah. good way to spot them too in that realm. Did I see, did I see a video like that? Did you post something like that? Yeah, did we probably did. Yep. <laughs> I did. I think I saw that. I, Cause I remember yeah, seeing that. Um, yeah. And it, you know, they were like, no, I want to do this. I want to do this. And um, I was like, that is crazy. If I ever saw that, I would definitely, I mean, I feel like, okay. I hope I would stand up and say something. You know what I mean? Something, something looks funny. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't right, man. That's not cool. Yeah. And, um, and salons are actually one of the number one places individuals are trafficked. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah we actually, you're probably talking about a statistic and a thing that a report that we just put out in a little yeah. clip that we did on it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can only, I mean, I, I follow you guys and uh, I do watch all that stuff. So probably was, I've just, I'm just, that is so crazy. So how do you, um, you know, you work with these salons. I kind of want to stay on this track for a minute, but how do you train them to handle that situation? Like, because it becomes very obvious if someone's standing too close, if, if, you know, that's, if the uh, cosmetologist is like, what do you want to do? And then someone else answers, especially if it's like a male figure, right? Although I'm sure females can can be female too, right? Um, But how do you train that? What do you do? Yeah. So yeah, we get to teach them. We go through some simulation and some models of that. We have operators who have been working for years. um, And these are, you know, retired Navy SEALs, um, Army Rangers. Um, They have wonderful... Um, so sorry. <laughs> Don't be embarrassed. I'll tell you, let me tell you a story while we're, while we're taking yes. a little bit. I, that happened to me. I was on like my 10th podcast and we were doing it live uh-huh. and uh, I had my dog like caged in everything. Um, and like, you know, in a kennel, like, you know, we were kennel training our, our puppy and he, they just started barking like crazy and uh and there's nothing like you can do to cut that audio out so i was like i was like oh my gosh so i but don't worry about it i've actually uh, uh if it makes you feel any better it doesn't hurt any of the listeners especially if you're just good i just gave a glare because it was one of my children so there you go <laughs> there you go do what you gotta do. well good so Yes. So going back to what our training looks like in our salons, um, part of that is, um, like I mentioned, we have these wonderful guys who have been trained and who have wonderful experience. Part of what they do is they come in and they teach them how to observe. So they're going to teach them to observe um, eye contact, body language, how they're sitting. You're you're observing people. It's really understanding what people look like and kind of to what Matt said, seeing someone. So not just, you know, being non-observant. So teaching them what a body language looks like of a trafficked individual um and then and then what a, a trafficker or a groomer would say and kind of what they would go through and it's mm. it's mostly observation we're not teaching them to hold a gun and to right, go after right, right, a trafficker right. that's not yeah. what you do um calling the the national hotline and reporting you can call utip and call a national hotline and we'll have that number for you to put in the comment section so it can yes. be saved um it's 1-888-373-7888 we'll put that okay. in 
all of the eights will confuse you. So we'll put that in the comments. <laughs> <Deal>. <laughs> yes. Oh, you can text. Deal. There's a number yeah. that you can text help to as well. Um, That's cool. okay. and yeah. And UTIP, it, it'll go right to a national database. It goes geographically located and, and someone will be called. Um, you can report everything down to the eye color of the individual. Um, wow. exactly what they were driving. It's it's a wonderful reporting system. And that's where all organizations tell you to go to because that's how the best and quickest way to report a trafficking um, okay. possibility. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Holy cow. Um, but that's good though. I mean, that's just crazy to me. I, I'm still kind of like in awe when, when you hear about this stuff, especially like if you're right there, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, how did you find out that like salons were uh, like one of the most common ways that like part of the funnel? Yeah. One of our, um, like the most prestigious or the most, um, legitimate sources that we have is Polaris. I think I mentioned this previously on your last podcast. Um, Polaris research is phenomenal. They are one of the leading research companies and they work with our U S government in regards to trafficking statistics where people are going missing based on locations. They have a vast data range. They work with internet crimes against children as well. And so we get a lot of data from Polaris and, um, that is, the general consensus and the data that they have. Um, that's why a year or two ago, flight attendants went through training is because we were seeing domestic flights were starting to carry a trafficked individuals. Um, we were seeing that pick up where they were coming from. This is from survivors that were being rescued and, and exited out of trafficking, figuring out where they've been, where it's being reported. Um, and so they have a wonderful database and that those stats and figures that we have and we use and a majority of organizations use is Polaris. Oh, wow. That's cool. Um, yeah, I think you did mention that last time. And, and um, But it's still something that is just so, you know, so necessary to have. So like what other things, if you, if you were to host um, like, you know, a webinar or something like that, what are, what are some of the things that you teach everyday people um, to look for? What do you, how do you educate them? I mean, what, what messages are most important to know? I'm actually super excited you said that because um, one of our largest partners in security training people is Jim Jones. And we are going to come out with a course that you can do live and online. And we're going to give it to you too, so that you can, um, your audience can do it for free too. Um, Some of the things that we teach and train in, in regards to observation, what a trafficker looks like, what exploited population looks like. It's not going to be what you think. It's not going to be carrying people away, you know, with covers over their faces. Um, You're seeing a girl and or boy that is doing something for money for someone else. And a lot of it is their behavior, how they're withdrawn, not making eye contact, like I mentioned. Um, And if they're an exploited population, a vulnerable population, and they mention their foster kids, um, or they've been in foster homes, or they're single moms. Uh, you can tell by the clothing they wear um, a majority of the time that something might be off. If they don't have a place to stay, maybe they're nervous. There's a lot of observation things that you can see and spot about um, a trafficker yeah. or a trafficked individual. Yeah. So how do you um, like, for example, let's say I'm, you know, I'm ever in a situation where I see some of those signs. I've gone through the course. I see some of those signs um, because, you know, Sometimes that can just be nervousness. So how do you confirm some of this stuff? 
you call the tip line. Okay. <laughs> you call it. I mean, it's kind of like it, it's kind of like what the police always better say. Safe, better safe than us. sorry. Yeah, call yeah, us. Yeah, better safe than sorry. Okay. Yeah, and keep eyes on them and make okay. sure that you're aware of them. If you are actually calling on someone and you're invested that far, you should stay, stay yeah. and watch. You know, from a safe distance, stay and watch. Yeah. Um, if yeah. you get too close, you can you know jeopardize something for a trafficker, and it could be dangerous. Um, yeah. And so if you really suspect something and you're invested to call and report it, um, you want to stay. Okay. That's, oh, that's good to know though. Yeah. And I think, um, I mean, so that's one of the things that you tell people, right. Is like, don't try to be a hero. Yeah. yeah so to speak. <laughs> don't try and to be Liam Neeson. Yeah, exactly. The other, yeah, don't be Liam Neeson. <laughs> it's great. Well, I mean, I mean, I, because I feel like I have some you friends. You want to do who, something. Yeah. 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 I, well, I have some friends who, if they didn't hear that, they'd be all over, they'd jump on it. Oh, yeah. I mean, they'd want some blood for sure. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Everyone loves, like, everyone wants to train with our ops teams. They love it. But um, <laughs> one, of, one of the other things, too, is, is prevention and providing okay. resources for these individuals. Um, it's one thing to spot it and want to be on the lookout for trafficking, but let's actually provide something that's, that is even a step further. Yeah. I was going to say it's, it's almost to me and, and I I don't want to say this in a, you know, in a light term to make light of anything, any part of the process. But to me, it's almost like the, the easy, the glamorous part is like what we just talked about, right. Rescuing people and going through this whole process and, and (laughs) ending up in a movie or whatever, but the, but the more important work and the more hands-on work is what you guys do. It's making sure that they uh, have a way to like progress after this is all done. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that, that's what, I mean, like I said, that's why I like this is because a lot of the most important work that we do in life, not, you know, whether it's, whether it's with your group, you know, anti-human trafficking, whether it's just in life in general or in business, like the, the most important work isn't necessarily the most glamorous. Yeah. You are absolutely correct. In speaking, um, I, I just recently spoke at BYU and something that one of the, um, the, yeah, so, well, I'm a youth fan, so I had to, I lowered my, I want to say lower my standards, but I didn't. BYU was very gracious and I, I loved speaking yeah. there, wonderful host, but yeah. I am a youth fan. I did wear red. <laughs> yeah. My entire team knew I was wearing red good. on purpose. Good. There you go. So good. It, it goes against my good moral character. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> um, but uh, one of the things that one of the nursing directors said, uh, because I have been, I am a medical advocate and I, uh, my background is an emergency and critical care nurse. Um, is they said all of our people want to go into emergency med and they want to do critical care care nursing and they want it this fast paced, you know, savior Rambo style uh, medicine when really there's a ton of work to be done. That's not glamorous emergency Rambo style, the Liam Neeson movie stuff like Hollywood has shown them. (laughs) Um, The really a lot of the hard work and the necessary work is what comes in that after part. And even in the prevention and providing resources for these individuals, it sounds amazing and cool to be on a rescue and raid jump team, but these individuals, really need a lot more support than that. Yeah. I think there's like the one thing like really, as you start to educate yourself, there's a lot more medical slash hopeful feel to this more than an action guns blazing feel to this. Yeah. And that yeah. becomes very, uh, you know, that, that kind of changes your whole like take on it because there's, 
there it has to be handled very delicately and handled in the right way when you start to look at it that way um you know and that just in the process of rescuing to healing you know that's a very very different outlook than what most people have on this and you know that's what exodus is really like focused on doing is not just educating people to help change their their perception of what trafficking is but that's our whole mission of what we want to achieve when in getting ourselves involved with trafficking in the whole process so yeah yeah for sure well um it, that it's funny that you mentioned you know kind of kind of both of you mentioned that but everybody wants i just don't i mean so what do you tell somebody when they're like when they're when they're you know, you first meet him and I'm sure everybody wants to go to like, you know, the rescue and do all that stuff. But how, wh- what does that conversation look like? Because obviously like not everybody can do that. And like, you know what? I Whenever I hear somebody say like, I want to do something big like that. Right. And I'm like, but do you really though? Because all you've seen is like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. So there's two, two facets to that one. I love the D really it's hard work. Uh, our operators, those who have done rescue and raid and, and medical advocates like myself, he's heard my stories. It's hard work. Um, there are times that I have left my, um, my kids for 14 days and not had a return ticket and, and been without power and been late. And, you know, it, you know, it's hard on my family. Um, yeah. I'm a single mom. And so doing that, that trade off with an ex-husband, it's hard on my kids when they think mom's going to be home. And I wasn't, um, yeah. I think like, also you have to understand about the whole process is that it's not necessarily just, just because you want to go rescue someone doesn't mean you can, because there's, that's true. Yeah. It, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there's, you're dealing with, going into foreign countries sometimes you're you're dealing with legalities that you have to be aware of and things like that so it's not like that's kind of like the unpretty work that we have to like always figure out about what is the real strategy yeah because as much as we want to just go knock down doors and say just because we got a gun in our hands we're going to save everyone (laughs) you know it's not it doesn't work that way so i will tell you i have a a large team we have a large team in exodus and a lot of these guys like matt and our marketing teams they're always like we they want fake names and they like (laughs) show up with fake names and and some type of her hard part is keeping us on track not get back on tour right yeah you want like you want like the the go bag that's got a passport, some cash. Yeah, like, they, yeah, they're <laughs> We want our drop boxes. <laughs> that's kind of the joke. yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's one facet of it. But the other facet is you you asked how do we tell people and, and understand that that's not just it. This mm-hmm. is, you know this from Hollywood yeah. romanticized idea is yeah. not just it. And and one of the things I I let them know mm-hmm. is the average um the average uh, sexual violation of a trafficked individual is seventeen times a day. Wow. And you were at our gala and you, we had uh, centerpieces with candles from particular individuals who told us how much, how many times a day they were uh, violated. If you can imagine being violated 17 times a day for a week, month, a year, the amount of trauma goes far beyond a raid and rescue. Yeah. The amount Jeez. of trauma, if you can understand that, I mean, that's chilling. I have chills when I tell people that every yeah. single time. Um, the mass amount of trauma, you have to understand there's so much more work to be done than just rescuing these people from a situation in a one-time, you know, week mm-hmm. of a rescue. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it is detrimental to the life of an exited individual to have some type of plan and platform and support 
far beyond the rescue. And if you can really understand that, and if you really, really want to care about this cause, you have to see that it goes far beyond just getting them out. It's a holistic. Well, it has to. Yeah, it has to be. For me, it's like, it has to go beyond that. Because if you're really doing these people any favors, you've got to find a way to create a new person or rehabilitate or, or whatever, right? Yeah. And I, you know, one thing I shared with Candace when I first started was the, the biggest fear for me is what really like got me involved to say, I'm, I'm in, like, I'm in for the long haul. I'm willing to do the work. I wanted to really create change was knowing that if I don't do anything and I know what's happening is that soon, just like if you were to go outside right now and you saw a drug deal go across the street, you probably wouldn't do anything. You would just blink an eye. Yeah. Think about that, like how that social norm becomes the norm of society of trafficking. Yeah. Think about that. And that's the society that we kind of cultivate for our future generation where they live in a generation where trafficking is considered normal, Yeah. Uh, normalizing it. That's what happens when it just becomes so often. Yeah, so like, yeah, when, when people don't do anything. Yeah. So whenever I speak to someone, that's kind of like, why I say that's why I'm an advocate is because I don't want that to be a norm, you know, I I don't want that to be. So the education part of understanding what it is and how this all works and how like you just being a good citizen and a good human being and like seeing the one and caring about the one, it it makes all the difference to how we end trafficking, you know? So that's kind of like why I think, you know, I'm involved in why changing and, and helping the perception on the public is so, so important. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, it's, I mean, it is, yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Well, and it's something that I, I really think that everybody should be involved in. Cause it's a lot bigger than, than what we think. Some of the statistics that you shared just in like, you know, for like 2019, 2020, all these things, um, we're just crazies. What are some of like, we, we were talking about this earlier and I don't know if you touched on all of them, but I kind of want to give you an opportunity to like bust, bust some myths about yeah. human trafficking. Cause that's a big deal. Right. So what are some of the myths and, and what are some of the truths? Yeah. Uh, one of the, one of the biggest myths is that it only happens. There's only child trafficking. He brought this up. It actually, oh, yeah. the average age uh, internationally of a trafficked individual, and it's actually the age that they pass away. And we, we really cool story. We can share later on about a law that happened mm-hmm. in Europe. I'm full of stories all the time. Yeah, um, no, that's good. Yeah, is a 22. So it's, wow. you know, the ages between the ages of 16 to 25 is our, you know, age range that we typically see trafficked individuals across the board, um, especially in the United States. Um, mm-hmm. And so if we, if we don't, act in the early twenties, we, we lose and we lose them. They'll die. Um, that's the reality of it. But a lot of the women and young men that you see are in their early twenties and late teens. Um, so it's not just children, children are a vulnerable population and they do are are trafficked, but the average age is actually a little bit older. Mm -hmm. Um, another myth is that it only happens overseas. Uh, actually it's alive and thriving in the United States. Um, it is a multi-billion dollar, uh, company, if you will, um, economy of trafficking and a large portion of that is in the United States. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's the most eye-opening I think to anyone. 
um, is to just know that like it's happening. It's happening. Yeah. It's here. Yeah. You know, that's a big one. That, that was a big one. When, when uh, Candace and I first talked, I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah, that's insanity. The the actual statistic released by Polaris again um, is one in two hundred individuals is trafficked in the United States. So at some point in time, you probably come across the traffic individual. Um, and I can tell you in Utah County, because we're in Utah County, we actually have a couple uh-huh. of um, survivors who have gone and worked in call centers and some of our partner, our donor partners and had jobs mm-hmm. there. And I am bet to venture a majority of the people that work there had no idea that they had come from trafficking situations. No kidding. Yeah. Jeez. So it's, yeah. I mean, so like the definition of, cause the definition of trafficking, we've, we've kind of gone over that, but I mean, it's anybody who's, I mean, it's basically like slavery. Yeah, it is. Right? It's slavery. Yep. And, and I, and I like that you brought up cause it's not necessarily, and this is why like, you know, long, long-term aftercare is so important, but, um, you know, you mentioned it's not like somebody being like blindfolded and duct tape and held in the basement, but it's like, I mean, there's some psychological warfare going on with these things. Right. And that's why, so that, I mean, I mean, and that's why some of the, you know, some of the, uh, you know, symptoms for lack of a better word on my, when you see people like that, right. That's why they're, they, they act the way that they are because I mean, mentally that's just terrible right? Yeah. Emotionally. Well, and, and for instance, we have um, a girl who is work, we work with on mentorship much later after. And yeah. she even asked a question just recently, when do I kiss someone when I'm dating? And she's 25. She's like, I don't even know how, should I kiss someone? What, what do I wear? Yeah. What do they hold my hand? What, what's too far, you know, and just mm. the shame that comes along with um, the sexual trauma piece of that. Um, just even trying to have regular dating relationships after that is really difficult yeah and and but so so you have i mean so you have a lot of classes then or a lot of classes but you see you avenues to of way to like uh to rehabilitate these individuals yeah is rehabilitate the right word by the way am i like restoration it's different okay restoration restoration is good healing holistic healing Um, exodus is all about exit pathways and so one of those pathways is um helping holistically um therapeutically heal some of those mental structures that have been broken down. Um, and we work on a, we're actually currently working on a mentorship program and some retreat programs as well, but mentorship is huge. Um, continuing yeah. long after uh, triggering happens. Mentorship is a really a big one. Um, we've partnered with um, PHP, which comes out of um, Salt Lake city and they needed to learn job skills, right? Resumes, those types of things. Um, that's another mm-hmm. resource that they need. Um, financial gaps are huge. Um, if you can imagine not being educated as a 14 and 15 year old uh, child, you've been trafficked. Um, they're not going to have, you know, they're having minimum wage jobs. And so connecting them with affordable housing, that's another resource that is a necessity. Um, and we've moved people into housing. I, that was one of my first um, experiences with aftercare was moving someone into low income housing um, after she had kind of gone through all the trauma and, and restoration. Um, a couple of, it was, probably about six years ago and it was a phenomenal experience for me and that that helped me see that there are much more resources that are needed for these people wow yeah i so is there like a a a mentorship program that you guys 
uh, that people can like sign up for and be, I mean, is that something that you've explored? Like where people can, be, can become mentors and then you're kind of paired up with. Yeah, with we, yeah we're exploring that actually right now. And this, okay. this year, one of our goals is to have a, a wonderful mentorship program really in place and working with a couple of other partnered um, sure. organizations. Uh, one of which I'm super excited about, and she sits on the human trafficking advisory council um, and we'll release information of that shortly. Um, but Talisha Kim, Miss USA entrepreneur, you got to meet her at our gala. She's yeah. helping with our women's mentorship, uh, utilizing some wonderful social workers and survivor counselors that have gone on after um, and got their counseling certificates and, and learned lots of wonderful coping strategies um, will come along and help design a really great mentorship program that we've been working on. Um, yeah. And other thing that's important to, to notate is trafficking trauma is different than even just sexual trauma. And I say just, and I don't want to minimize sex trauma, but domestic, yeah, domestic abuse, rape and sexual trauma um, and trafficking, they all sit on their own platforms. And so you really need to have specialized and someone who's experienced in what that looks like um, when it comes to therapeutic modalities. And so that's something we've had to kind of modify and look at. And that's where our survivor panel comes into play and is really helpful. Um, and, and what that, what that looks like for them to keep going. There are things that trigger them that would not necessarily trigger a a sexual abuse victim. Yeah. Well, and, and like you said, it's not, it's not to minimize anything. There's just different. Yeah. I mean, it's just different, right? You just got a different beast, (laughs) but, and, and it makes sense though, like, cause you're dealing with a lot more than just, you know what I'm saying? So I I get what you're saying. I totally get what you're saying, but I think that would be cool. Like um, definitely something that, I would love to jump into because, you know, one of my big things um, is helping people understand that there are, that there are so many avenues you can take to find. Cause one of the things that, one of the things that I, I like to tell people is like, you don't necessarily have to have a nine to five, but like being good at something like learning a skill um, not only sets you up for the future, especially if you have a marketable skill, but it also helps like with a sense of purpose. Like I found out that I was really good at like talking with people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like a podcast helps me find like purpose, you know what I mean? Like, and I've gotten better at it and it helps me find like my meaning. Right. Um, and so I can definitely see that right like just giving somebody a skill like that's theirs you know that they can own it's very um it's very special yeah it is so i I get that yeah mentorship and helping people find those skills is is really big too so um they don't know what they want to do you know how many how many of us 17 know what we want to (laughs) do that's true well that's very true so what do you do in that case you just uh, open the door up to everything. Yeah, they yeah. get to explore things and, and try them. For instance, the one of our girls in the call center ended up getting an accounting certificate and she's helping manage um, uh, housing, I think in an apartment yeah. complex, managing that and the accounting. She had no idea. She liked numbers. She thought she liked cool. horses. She wanted to go into equine therapy. <laughs> she ended up changing and she likes accounting. That's and cool so, though. She might yeah. change again. She it's might, totally and giving them the opportunity to do that. That's normal for us though, right? Right, right. For I say yeah. us, a, a typical American yeah. lifestyle. If we want to change careers, we change careers. If we want to yeah. go do a different yeah. job, go to college, we have that opportunity. These yeah. individuals don't have the resources or the opportunities to do that. Wow. So um, what are some of the tools that you use to like, I mean, are, are to like train these people in, in what they want to do? Yeah. For instance, I keep going back to this one. She's such a great example. Um, 
she, we give her, we gave her options. There's a couple of different jobs on the table. Which one interests you? And do you think you want to be plugged into? We've already previously have a relationship with these um, employers. And mm-hmm. so they know it's a trafficked individual. The job's a guarantee um, and they get to try it. They know that the turnover rate may be high. So it's something simple like a customer service call center. Try it and yeah. see if you like talking to people. Is this a good fit for you? Is this where you want to be? Um, we have another uh, corporation who she's a clothing boutique and they fold and package and work in warehouse kind of by themselves. And so it, so comparing the two, did she want to be with people or did she want to be by herself and, and work in a warehouse back, you know, and learning skills back there and doing independent projects. Um, yeah. And she chose to be with people and she realized she didn't like that <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. on the job training. And she, it was too much. It was a sensory overload for her. It caused triggers. And that's why she ended up saying, but I did like the number aspect of it. You know, she liked oh, yeah. her with bills and things like that. And so that's how accounting came up her whole life. She thought that she wanted to leave trafficking, you know, if she was able to get out of that situation, that she'd want to do horses. And so we gave her an opportunity to spend some time with horses and she didn't like that. We went a different direction and now she really, yeah. really enjoys um, doing the management that she's doing right now. That's so. really cool. That's really cool. Very important too. I mean, that's, that's great that it's, and even that whole process, like you mentioned, right. Of just being able to like, ah, oh, if you don't like that, like you're your own person, right? Like we'll throw you in here. And if you, and we'll just go until it works. Right. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's very empowering for people. Creating the opportunities to do that. And that's something yeah. that we have wonderful corporate donors that are creating those spaces for us and offering those to us. Yeah. Um, and that's important. And they see yeah. the importance of having that there. And so I can never say I'm thinking of two of the ones I'm thinking of. Uh, Courtney Brown just went on Nugent Magazine and she does sense of style and she um, allows girls to come in and work in her clothing packaging and stuff, which is wonderful. So cool. Wow. Well, that's amazing. So, I mean, I, I definitely don't want to take your guys' this whole night, but um, I, lo- I just love the conversation. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's, by the way, uh, you know, I, I totally know we got to do this remote, um, but that's the cool thing about doing it in person is you kind of just forget. <laughs> you kind of just forget. I, I've done, I've done some crazy ones. In fact, I had, um, I, you mentioned Talisha and I actually had her on my podcast. That one will be released in a little bit, but, um, she was very cool. Very, very, yes. Like she was, when you said that, I was like, that's perfect. Yes, she's we talked perfect. about healing dynamics <laughs> and therapeutic she's, modalities. She's on it. <laughs> she's perfect. Well, um, is there anything that I that I missed during this that you wanted to mention that you wanted to make sure that got out there? Um, I think like for us, the one thing that I always get from people when they find out that I'm involved with this is how do I help? I want to get involved. Yeah. And a lot of people they immediately go back to what they've all, uh, always known, which is. Do I, do I donate canned food? Do I bring in a Sprite can? Do I bring in my old winter jacket? Like, how do I get involved? How do I go find and help these individuals? And and I have to remind them, I said, this is not like that. This is unlike any other thing that you've probably even been involved with or want to help. It's not so easy. They're like, well, can I just like meet someone that has been exited out of trafficking? Usually they say survivor, but I'm try to be sensitive to that, but, um, they, and I say like, what if I told you they didn't want to meet you because they're afraid of you? And they're like, yeah, yeah. I was like, because they don't know you. 
You know, that's, yeah, that, yeah. that could be a scary thing for them, an intimidating thing. And so the one thing I always say is like, so the way that we do this, and when someone asks me how to do this is, um, it's, it's helping by don- donating, by funding the things that we're trying to achieve on our side. Let us do that work. That's yeah. what we signed up to do. Um, we signed, it, it's kind of like we signed up to do that work so that you can kind of rest easy. Um, yeah. Yeah. We, oh, yeah. We're getting our hands dirty in that sense. But like by you donating and supporting us, it's contributing and you're part of, we consider you a part of our team when you do that. And so one thing that I did was I said, what, what's an easy way for the general public to get involved? And so we created this campaign uh, last month, and it's called To Give Love Back. And the whole campaign is designed to make it easy for anyone who wants to help contribute to help the cause do it in a way that isn't going to hurt your bank account. It's not going to take food off of your table because it's simply all about donating $2 a month. And I feel like that's pretty reasonable for all of us to contribute to. It's basically saying instead of that large coffee, you're going to go down to a small one day, one day out of the month, not forever. It's just one day out of the month. It's, it's giving up that, that drive through one, one day throughout the week. Not even that you can still go to the drive through and just don't supersize it, you know, but um, I don't even think they supersize anymore, Matt. I know. I don't know what it's called anymore. So um, I'm kidding, but you know, we wanted to make it super easy for everyone. And we know that there there's power in numbers. And so we wanted to make sure that we could find enough people who are willing to just donate $2 a month to help our cause, to be a part of our team, to be a part of our family, to help us fulfill the mission that we have, which is to help exit people out of trafficking and heal them for good. And, um, and so we have a website for you to do that. And it's just $2 a month. Yeah. What's okay. the website? Um, it is, is join, it- it's joinexodus.org. Okay. See, I didn't know if we covered the same. My, my, I started second guessing myself. <laughs> well, I got put on, on Matt. <laughs> okay, join, join Exodus.org. And Exodus okay. is spelled E-X-I-T-U-S, just like Exodus. A lot mm. of people spell it wrong. Um, but just to give you an idea of what that looks like, um, we've looked at our ambassadors and our influencers that um, share for us. And if only 5% of their followers did something as small as $2, Every month we can fund an entire aftercare home somewhere in the United States. Wow. Or or we could fund four international operations. Or we could scholarship yeah. 14 girls into a college, uh, a college program, a trade program. That's wow. only five percent of our influencers followers that's such a small amount. And what that tells me is that um, if we all got involved, the massive amount of impact we could make on people who are dying to be seen is astronomically phenomenal. Um, We just have to choose to see them really. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. That's insane. Well, I'm definitely going to make sure that that's all in my comments. I'll make sure sure that everybody's because I, you know, it's just, it's so important. Um, and it just reminds me again of like, you know, to make an impact, we, we, I think 
uh, it's just so crazy how I make these connections, but I think it's just the same thing. Like people, uh, feel like they have to do these really big things to make a big impact, but you don't, but not, it's not necessarily true. Right. No, it's not like two, not two bucks and you can uh, two bucks times whatever. Right. I mean, yeah. we're, we're talking about changing lives and that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. See, you can think about it. Like I always, yeah. from a coaching standpoint, I always tell people like everyone tries to do the home runs, <laughs> but really the wins are all in the small little things that we do each day. For sure. Yes, for you know? sure. I the like that home runs, effect. man. Yeah. The, the compounding yeah. effect that we have in our small actions are the ones that make the massive actions. Yeah. So and we forget that as people because we're so caught up in doing something that looks monumentous, but anything built out of even like yeah. anything monumentous has always started by one step. Yeah, seriously. That's cool. Yeah. And another way you can really help us too is to share. Exodus really wants to advocate for these individuals. And part of that is sharing education, making people aware that this is happening here, um, the importance of knowing what trafficking really is. Um, and so sharing us, sharing anything that we put out is great. So we share wonderful yeah. facts on our page. You follow our page, um, a lot of insightful things that you may not know. We share yeah. some survivor stories, um, operations we finished. We get to bring back and show um and we have things coming up like a 5k and it's fun to participate in that we have a gala you got to come to our gala and dress up it was yeah. like the only gala and like <laughs> last 2020. year I know, that was sweet though i was i was ready that was for that, fun. i think everyone was ready to dress up and get out yeah it was um, nice man it was yeah. nice she always takes okay. pride we have to like just I make a note to take pride it was Seriously? the only gala in salt lake city in 2020 that's right <laughs> It, I mean, but like, there's something special about that, though, like where you get to dress up, you get to feel confident, you get to look good, and then you get to really help out like some serious uh, about with some serious we all, issues. We all wore masks. We did all wear masks. We did, yes. It was very, it was COVID safe. <laughs> um, and we do have, we have a gala coming up in the summer so you have a, a summer gala that we're what? in the planning right now i know we'll, all right let's do it man yeah. <laughs> let's do so follow us and share and um and really we just want the one to be seen this is yeah. the reason we all do this it, i'll give you a, a little insider fact anyone that yeah. works at exodus doesn't get paid for the first year and some of them in leadership oh, wow. get paid for three years um they work for free but it's not because um, they want the guts and the glory. There are plenty of people in our organization. And actually, we had an influencer asked to put our pictures on our website. I'll mm-hmm. tell you, half of my staff said no. They didn't want they didn't want to be seen. And it's because they're not doing it for their own glory. Right. They're doing it because they know that they're saving lives and they're changing lives. And that's important to them. And yeah. so when you're able to share what these people are doing, and I hope I represent them well, um, because they do. They do the grueling hard work. Matt is in the shadows, like he said they're doing the behind the scenes work because they know how important this is and uh, i can't i can't praise them enough you get to see me a lot at exodus but what you don't get to see is the people that are doing amazing amazing work all the time well well i mean we all know it's a team yeah like we all know it's a team thing and and that is uh very comforting to know that you're part of a big team that's doing yeah. a lot of important work. I think that uh, is amazing. So they, yeah. the, your website's joinexodus.org. Uh, you can find us that, on all of our socials is at yes. joinexodus. So join Exodus. On, on Instagram, Facebook, and we have a TikTok channel or page that's in the works. <laughs> so yeah. TikTok. Yeah. 
fun. Yeah. I, thought, I thought Matt was going to say like a Twitter handle, like a TikTok handle. We laugh because it's none of us know how to do TikTok very well. well. So it's been an adventure. Okay. <laughs> okay, but you know what's funny about TikTok is, so with just a kind of side off real quick, but um, I thought that like tick, the TikTok demographic was like younger kids, right? It's a, it's actually not. It is. Yes, you're correct. It's actually not. It's like crazy. It's like, what? it's like mostly, it's like the biggest part is millennials. And then what's the one right before, right after? Gen Z. Gen Z. I only know this because we uh, we had marketers come in that were telling us that some <laughs> good strategies and they're telling yeah. us all about TikTok. Apparently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, but it's serious. Like I, that's what I thought too. I was like, well, like, do we really want to like advertise to young kids who might not have, you know, I was talking about this for my company who, who might not have the discretionary income necessary to buy our product. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, we talked to a marketer. He's like, no, dude, I did some research. Like, it's like, that's yeah, a very small part of TikTok. Well, no. I was like, you're yeah, kidding no. me. That's a joke, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. They, right. they just got mad because all the older demographic <laughs> was taking it over so yeah. quickly. That's true. So, yeah. That's where that came I from. I think half of oh, you bloggers are currently on TikTok. Yeah. I'll, I'll say that. There you so, go. So we're learning. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, cool. Like, yeah, just to say, just kind of like tell Candace, like the, like the reason like we have the team that we do is because it's ran by passion and vision of like what we really want mm. what we know um and mm. so that's why we back it and it's it's not for the money it's not for it's really for that one that we know that we need to see and and be there for so mm-hmm. yeah yeah well i really appreciate you guys talking to me i really appreciate you yeah. taking your time this is amazing um and i and i'll make sure that we uh plug everything that we share the crap out of this <laughs> and if people have questions we encourage questions um part of uh, awareness is education so feel free to drop yeah. in some questions and comments so happy to come back and answer them feel free to reach out and contact us as well um those cool. are all questions are good yeah absolutely well i appreciate it thank you here i'm going to end this live stream real quick awesome okay. All right, great. Well, great. Thank you. Yeah, I hope you liked it. No, that was amazing. That was exactly what I thought it was going to be, and it was, and more. So, it was awesome. I hope that it, you learned something this time too. I know yeah. they repeat things, but I hope you learn. I hope that there's more stuff too. Yeah, no, I I love it. Every time we talk, it's amazing, and I and I do. So I really appreciate it. But, um, you guys have a killer night. Thanks. Thank you, too. Thanks for putting up with our schedule change. <laughs> oh, you're totally fine. No, In six months, it. you'll be like, oh, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey, I'm, all, I'm all about it. Like, uh, you, no, no complaints here. I'm totally flexible. So good. So. Hey, we, we've got to have you plug in some more, too. We want to use you some more. Yes, so whatever I can do. Contact with you, and mm-hmm. we'll, we're going to push you in some more too that'd be great we're reorganizing the influencer program yeah, <laughs> yeah well i mean i'm always here like i'm i'm ready yeah, i appreciate so, it and uh and in the in the meantime like if you uh i i'll definitely like repost stuff on instagram i need to get better at that this i had to my life kind of changed a little bit so i was like i had to reorganize some stuff in my life but um i'm definitely going to repost it but if you have any uh like social media stuff that you can just email to me and I'd be more than happy to post that, especially when I post this episode. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'll have Matt email you a bunch of stuff and and anything from our Instagram, you can pull even old okay. stuff. It's all good. You can pull all of that. We have a bunch of, okay. we're doing a bunch of video creation coming up here shortly. Um, cool. so we'll have a bunch of videos for you to share short videos that help with um, education and awareness. So cool. All right. Cool. Well, thanks guys. I appreciate awesome. it. Thanks. We'll talk to you later.